The information provided on this podcast is not legal advice and is intended for the sole purpose of providing education and legal information. Laws change over time, and the information provided on this podcast may not be up to date. We make no warranty, express or implied, regarding the information provided by our team or our guests on this podcast. The information should not be construed as legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship with us or any of our guests on the podcast. If you would like to consult with an attorney, please call 1-800-VICTIMS. That's 1-800-842-8467 for attorney referral contact information. This podcast provides a platform for the exchange of ideas and information to help educate crime victims on their rights. Some content will include topics and materials that may involve descriptions of violence or assaults, which can be distressing to victims and survivors. It may also impact service providers experiencing vicarious trauma. Podcasting from the Victims of Crime Resource Center, this is Season 2 of Knowledge is Power, Victim to Survivor, a podcast series where we help crime victims understand their rights so they can go from victims to survivors. On this episode, we'll discuss the services provided by the Yolo County Victim Witness Assistance Center with Laura Valdez. Hi, welcome in everyone. It's me once again, your humble host, Nima Malavi with the Victims of Crime Resource Center. And today it's my pleasure to welcome in Laura Valdez into the program. Laura is the Yolo County District Attorney Victim Services Program Manager. Laura, thank you so much for joining me on the show here today. Thank you very much for having me, Nima. So I'd like to start our conversation by asking, uh, what kind of programs and services do the um, Yolo County Victim Assistance Center provide for, for crime victims? So the Yolo County Victim Services Program is established and put in place to be able to assist victims of crime that are currently going through the criminal justice system. So the victim services advocates will be assigned to cases that are being prosecuted to assist a victim during the time of prosecution when they have to testify in court or if they have to have follow-up interviews with law enforcement or with the district attorney's office. And um, for folks that are interested in contacting um, your, your organization, what's the best phone number or perhaps email address to do that? The Yolo County District Attorney's Office could be reached through yolo.da.org. It's actually, I would very much recommend everybody to go on there and look at the different services that exist through the yolo.da.org program. In order to contact us, the phone number would be 530-666-8187. The beauty of the Victim Services Program is that every single county in the state of California is required to have a Victim Services Program by statute, by uh, constitutional uh, law. So any any county would have their own Victim Services Program, but if anybody is interested in knowing more, they can definitely contact us and we can direct them in their county. That's wonderful. And once again, Laura, that was yolo.da.org? That is correct. Okay. Um, Can you talk about some of the qualifications for receiving these programs and services? The Yolo County Victim Services Program offers services to anybody that's been deemed a victim through a police report. So usually what we do is we will have victims who call us. And when they start talking to us about their situation and requesting services, we will immediately ask them whether they have already called law enforcement. Because we are government advocates, 
we do not have confidentiality. Okay. So for that reason, we them to call the police first to be able to report their victimization. Because if they tell us anything, we have to report their victimization. So immediately, the first thing we want them to do mm-hmm. is to contact the police report their crime. Okay, that makes sense. And can you talk about the importance of confidentiality and, and what that means? Most definitely. Victims of crime have the ability of having confidentiality when they talk to community advocates. Community advocates have the discretion of confidentiality. That is to say, if they were to contact Weave or Empower YOLO or ICANN or any other type of a nonprofit community-based program, those advocates have the ability of confidentiality where the victim can say, what if this situation happened? Or what if um, I, did, I wasn't completely truthful to law enforcement? That advocate would be able to give them direction or ability to decide what it is that the victim wants to do mm-hmm. next. Government advocates don't have that confidentiality. Government advocates, whatever a victim may relate to them, they have to turn it over if it may affect the prosecution or the investigation in the case. So it's very important for victims to have their community advocates as well as their government advocates. The best team that a victim survivor can have is their government advocate and their community advocate working together for their best interest. So it sounds like it's pretty important for a victim to identify early in the conversation whether the person they're talking to is either a community advocate or a government advocate, right? That is correct. It, it would be very wise for them to find out the role of each one of their advocates. One of the things that uh, the government advocates will do is very early on, they will say, I don't have confidentiality. There's certain issues I can't discuss with you because of my lack of confidentiality. And a good government advocate will stop a survivor before they go into details that may turn that government advocate into a witness. I see. And you also talked about it being beneficial for a, a victim or survivor to have both a community advocate and a, and a government advocate at the same time? Yes, that is something that can definitely take place. I will give you an example of that, just so that it's a clearer picture. Mm -hmm. Whenever there is a victim of a sexual assault and they contact the police department and say, I have been sexually assaulted, Mm -hmm. the police department will ask that victim, would you like an advocate present? Because the case is still an investigation, the police department will contact a community advocate to accompany that victim and be able to enlighten that victim as to what their rights are during the investigation. That is what the community advocate will do. Once the case comes into prosecution and it goes to the district attorney's office and the district attorney's office reviews the case for charges and decides to charge the case, then that victim will meet their government advocate. The government advocate follows the case through the prosecution of the case and makes sure that the victim's voice is heard at every step during prosecution. 
investigation is no longer necessary because prosecution is relying on the investigation that law enforcement did with the assistance of the community advocate. Mm -hmm. But now the government advocate makes sure that the victim's voice is heard through the prosecution of the case. Okay, so if the government advocate is there to ensure that the victim's voice is present through the entirety of the case, can you talk a little about the community advocate and sort of what their role is in this process? Most definitely. The community advocate would be present and would be working the case during the time of investigation. Mm -hmm. So during the time that law enforcement investigators are working with the victim to be able to make sure that they have all of the information lined up and that their police report is complete in order to be sent over to the district attorney's office for review on prosecution. The community advocate would then work with and build that report with the victim and would be able to then hand off the case to the government advocate so that when the case is going through prosecution, the government advocate has a good idea of the way that this victim has been and, and the needs that they've had during the time of investigation. The government advocate may contact the community advocate at certain times and say, hey, uh, the DA's office is asking for further investigation on this case. Could you go with the victim during that uh, interview? Because that community advocate and the government advocate work together, they are able to hand off and make sure that that victim has the best representation uh, during the uh, during the prosecution of the case. Okay. Well, thank you for for providing the information. I think that makes makes a lot of sense. How, how familiar are victims or survivors um, with your services before they actually? Uh, reach out to contact um, your organization? You know, Nima, um, nobody ever plans on being a victim. Mm -hmm. Nobody will say, you know, in the next six months, I will be a victim. Let me familiarize myself with victim services. It just doesn't happen. So many times people are not completely aware of what victim services are, or even that victim services exist. It's uh, something that we work very hard to make sure that we do outreach. But many times, even when we're doing outreach, people will see our table and say, victim services? Oh, no, no, no. I don't plan on being a victim. I don't need any of those services. But the good thing is that victimization happens all the time and we're able to provide services to the survivors of crime. Those survivors of crime will then go out and tell other people, hey, when this happened to me, this program was there to assist me. So word of mouth is very important, but we do work very hard to make sure that we're doing enough outreach to let the community know that we're here if they need us. No, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. No one ever plans to be a, a crime victim. Um, and, and folks might not be aware even that victim services exists or is a thing. I think that makes a lot of sense. So how do you think um, a victim or survivor's familiarity or I suppose lack thereof familiarity uh, with the services provided by um, Yolo County Victim Services, how do you think that um, impacts the services that they expect to receive? You know, we, we see 
survivors of all walks of life. Uh, we see survivors who don't understand what victim services is about and will call us and say, I've been a victim of crime um, or my family member's been a victim of crime. What is victim services? What do you do? Why are you here? Mm -hmm. And then we're able to just kind of give them a rundown of everything that we do. Mm. One of the things that we explain to survivors is that we are here to provide them with resources. The Yolo County Victim Services Program doesn't have all of the abilities here. For example, we don't have therapists, but we have a very extensive list of therapists. We don't have funds to be able to uh, cover funeral burial expenses, mm -hmm. but we work with a state agency that enables us to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. We don't have the ability of providing um, survivors with monies for their rent or for their PG&E bill, but we have community agencies that may be able to help with that. So we're always looking at the resources that we're able to provide to victims. Um, and so we try to make sure that the community is aware that we're mm -hmm. here and that we're, we're ready to help. I see. So you are able to make referrals to other uh, organizations that might be able to help with um, sort, of a, a sort of extra or additional uh, resources. That is correct. And in order for survivors to be able to uh, apply or to ask for those resources, um, the case does not have to be going through prosecution. It could be a case that's still under investigation or a case that was not charged by the district attorney's office. A victim is a victim, and we're here to assist. And if so, if there's a victim or survivor in a different county in California, is that kind of assistance available um, in everywhere in California, or is that just Yolo County? You know, the, the beautiful thing about this, Nima, is that, like I said earlier, every single county in the state of California is required to have a victim services program, mm -hmm. a government victim services program. So every county has that, and all 58 counties belong to an association called the California Crime Victims Assistance Association. And we meet at least twice a year to make sure that all of our services are mimicking throughout the state. So if somebody's a victim in San Diego and then comes back to Yolo County because this is where they, li where they live, the Yolo County Victim Services Program will work very closely with the San Diego Victim Services Program to make sure that that victim is, all of their needs are being met. Because they will need services in Yolo County, because this is their residing county, mm -hmm. but the prosecution is happening in San Diego County, mm -hmm. we wanna make sure that they have, that they're completely covered by their victim services program in both counties. And we work together to make that happen. Wow, that's actually really interesting information. Now, Laura, in your experience, what are some of the most common questions that uh, victims or, or survivors have when they contact the uh, Yolo County Victim Services? One of the things that they always, well, let me start this over. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important to understand that when somebody is victimized, that causes a shatter in their life their normal is completely shattered. Mm -hmm. 
So many times when survivors, victims call us, I like to call people victims right after a crime mm -hmm. because they're, everything is so jumbled mm -hmm. and it's so uncertain as to what's going to happen next. Survivors are those that have found a new normal. And finding that new normal takes a while, but victims will eventually reach a survival where they become survivors. Mm -hmm. Some of the most important questions that they call us with is most definitely, how am I going to pay these medical bills? Mm -hmm. How am I going to bury my loved one? Mm -hmm. Who's going to call my employer and, and say what's going on with me without giving too much information? Mm -hmm. Where am I going to live now after I've left my abuser? Mm -hmm. There's many questions that they have, and we're able to direct them in the proper resources and then follow up with the victims to make sure that the resources that we provided were useful to them. If we don't have the resources or they live in another county, like I said earlier, we will work with other counties to make sure that those needs are met. Mm. We will strive. I've had certain situations where a victim was victimized in Yolo County but had no loved ones here. Their loved ones were in San Joaquin County. So I've been able to relocate to San Joaquin County with the assistance of that victim services program. So it's like a huge network. And, mm -hmm. and the questions that come out of every case are very unique mm -hmm. to that victim's needs. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's really well put when you said that a, the difference between a victim and a survivor is a survivor who has found a new normal. I, I, I think it's very uh, well put. I really like the way that you phrased that. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, in, in your experience, do you think that um, crime victims experience any challenges or any barriers in learning about the services provided by victim services? I think the challenges and the barriers that exist more than anything are the ones that we set for ourselves, hmm. to be honest. Um, like I said earlier, when a victimization happens, our lives are shattered, mm -hmm. and many times the victim's um, ability to comprehend or to want to um, move on takes a little bit longer to be able to understand. The victim advocate, our main role is to make sure that that victim has those resources at their disposal when they're ready to take them. Mm -hmm. We can't give a victim more than what they are able to handle at that moment. Um, but we're always listening to what the victim is not telling us to be able to assist them and give them the resources they need to move forward and to find their new normal. Okay. And what is the role of the Yolo County Victim Services in, in notifying or, or enforcing uh, a victim's rights in the criminal justice system? When a crime occurs, the very first duty of notifying victims of their rights falls on law enforcement. And in Yolo County, our law enforcement officers are giving victims a brochure, but then again, that's all it is, a brochure with their 17 rights. Mm -hmm. As victim advocates, when the case is going through prosecution, we're there to ensure and to remind the victim this is a time where you would be able to address the court. This is a time for a victim impact statement. 
this is a time for, and we're able to provide victims with those rights and reminding them this is the time for. Um, it's up to the victim to say, yes, I want to practice that right. Or no, I choose not to practice that right at this time. Well, that makes sense. So you mentioned that the police are there to sort of provide for a notification. Can you talk about that process and, and what the police do and, and how that works? In Yolo County, the Victim Services Program has worked with the law enforcement agencies to ensure that they have the proper Marcy's, uh, Marcy's Law cards and that they're providing those to victims at the time of a victimization. So law enforcement will hand out the Marcy's Law uh, card that's provided by the attorney general's office, but they don't necessarily sit with the victim and explain to them, these are your 17 rights. Mm -hmm. They just hand them the brochure and it's up to the victim to be, you know, to sit down and read what those rights are about. Once the case gets to the district attorney's office and a government advocate is assigned, we will then make sure that those rights are being met, not necessarily by telling the victim it's time for you to exercise right number three, but more by, you know, telling them this is a time where you can address the court. This is a time when you can um, request to be present. Kind of giving them the ability to understand this is a time to express your desire to exercise your rights. So if we have an audience member or someone who wants to reach out um, to your organization directly, what recommendations would you have for them um, before they chose to call or reach out? You know, when somebody is a victim of crime, I completely understand that they are in a place where it's difficult to sort out your thoughts, mm -hmm. to figure out what to do next. And that at times it's very overwhelming. If somebody believes they've been a victim of crime, I would advise them to call us and talk to us. We do have peer counseling training. We mm -hmm. would be able to discuss with somebody uh, their situation and assist them. If they have not made that police report yet and aren't sure whether they want to make that police report, the best avenue to call would be a government. I'm sorry, a uh, community um, advocate program. Um, but if they have made a police report and want to know what's next, mm -hmm. we're here to assist them in being able to direct them in the right direction. Okay, so Laura, are there any um, programs or services that have been added that aren't necessarily mandated by law? You know, Nima, that's a very good question. Thank you. One of the things that California advocates, government advocates strive for is definitely for finding innovative ideas to provide the best services for victims. We understand that every individual is very unique and has very different needs. One of the things that there's a few that Yolo County has done for the sake of comfort of victims, but one of the ones I would like to address right now is definitely the use of comfort dogs. Mm. Yolo County has two comfort dogs that we use to be able to assist victims during very difficult times. As human beings, it's our nature to be judgmental, to see somebody and start creating ideas in our head about that person. Dogs 
don't do that. Dogs have a sense of loving and comforting anybody that they feel that they that needs comforting. In Yolo County, we have two, like I said, one works at the multidisciplinary interview center mm-hmm. with children that are coming in to talk about their sexual uh, victimization. And the other one uh, works here in the victim services program. Her name is Aloha. Mm-hmm. She's been with us for eight years and she will accompany victims to court when they testify. So she will sit in the stand with them. Um, A lot of the counties throughout California now have comfort dogs, and they have proved to be absolutely amazing and comforting victims. Wow, that's wonderful. Um, I'm I'm glad to hear that that program is is offered. Is that something that's also... Now, I know you mentioned that... um, that all counties in California sort of offer similar services. Is the Comfort Dog Program something that's also offered statewide? No, the Comfort Dogs are not are not a mandated service. It's more of an optional service. Mm-hmm. So because it's not a mandated service, a lot of counties don't have Comfort Dogs yet. The nice thing about that is we are here to support each other. So if I receive a phone call from another county that tells me, you know, we could really use Aloha in our county Mm -hmm. this week, I will drive Aloha over there and volunteer her to that other victim services program. So we're always helping each other. And these comfort dogs are traveling to be able to cover counties that don't have comfort dogs. I see. And what kind of dog is Aloha? Aloha is a Labradoodle. (laughs) She is a medium-sized Labradoodle, and she's absolutely amazing. She's loving, and she's been trained to recognize anxiety in people. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's interesting what she does because she will actually, if she sees somebody anxious, like picking their nails or picking on hangnails, she will come over and with her nose, Mm -hmm. she will tap your your hands to Mm -hmm. separate them. Mm And then she'll put her face on your lap so you love on her. <laughs> wow, that is, that is so interesting. Very cool that she's been trained to, yeah. to notice that. Yes. So uh, what yeah. about now, obviously we live in the time of coronavirus, uh, COVID-19. Um, have any of your programs or services been adversely affected by the pandemic? One of the things that has been most difficult definitely is also the importance of not having the ability of touch. Touching somebody that's in crisis that is feels like their life is Mm -hmm. falling apart is something that can be so comforting and we don't necessarily have that ability Mm -hmm. so we have had to find other ways Mm -hmm. of touching our victims through zoom and uh you know like i said every victim requires different things we find the ability to do it as advocates Well, Laura, that makes a lot of sense. And thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. Now that you've heard the show, please take a moment to rate and review it. And if you have any questions about any of the information you heard today, you can reach the Victims of Crime Resource Center at 1-800-842-8467. Or you can reach us online at 1-800-VICTIMS dot org or facebook at victims of crime resource center or twitter at 1-800-VICTIMS if you haven't had a chance please take a look at some of the other episodes in our series thanks for listening